It is news that has driven a wedge in relations between the countries of the North and South Pacific, the organization that has been lauded since 1971 in bringing together the peoples of Micronesia, Polynesia, and Melanesia is now facing a rift that is becoming a major disruption in relations between all the nations of the Pacific. The focus of the conflict, the process to select the leadership of the Pacific Islands Forum. Can this rift mark the end to five decades of policy creation and regional cooperation in this part of the world? The leadership and fate of the Pacific Islands Forum on That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean Gumatato. That's It, That's All with Sean Gumatato is brought to you by Get LLC. They are a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm in Guam, serving the public and private sector in Micronesia and the Western Pacific. Need help in business development? Does your construction project need a special solution in the building envelope? You can find those answers on the web at get-guam.com. Learn more about them today. The podcast is being taken on road trips, played in many gym workouts, and listened to on desktops with the voice of yours truly, keeping you company near and far. The response has been tremendous across America, Europe, South America, and Asia. Folks are listening, and so I got to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Big props to our friends at RedCircle.com in getting the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pandora, and Amazon Music. That's it. That's all is now on iHeartRadio. So very cool. And just another way to listen to the podcast. Remember, to subscribe or follow us, click that button to do so right now. A look at the headlines from this past week seems to depart from the normal talk of the global pandemic and has forced news out of Suva, Fiji into the public view that threatens harmony across the Pacific. A Twitter post on the matter in recent days piqued my interest. I reached back to my journalist roots and my time in Guam's executive branch of government to pull this episode together. And before I jump in, it's interesting to note that access to the news and information has grown so much for many, many moons. It was just the Associated Press Wire standalone interface that was attached to a dot matrix printer that drove stories in most Pacific newsrooms in the early 1990s. The internet of today now brings so much information to the fold. New sources now right to our desktops, even translating the languages too. At issue, the leadership of the Pacific Islands Forum, otherwise known as the PIF. 50 years ago, Six Nations and the Cook Islands were the original members of the South Pacific Forum. The intergovernmental organization has strived to enhance cooperation between countries and territories of the Pacific Ocean, including the formation of a trade bloc and maintaining regional peacekeeping operations. By 1999, the organization grew to 17 members and was renamed the Pacific Islands Forum to be more inclusive of the membership spanning both North and South Pacific Island countries to include Australia and New Zealand. The mission of the Pacific Islands Forum is to work in support of forum member governments to enhance the economic and social well-being of the people of the Pacific by fostering cooperation between governments and international agencies, also by representing the interests of forum members in ways agreed by the forum. Its decisions are implemented by the Pacific Islands Forum Secretariat. 
Secretariat has a pretty clear job and role in support of Pacific nations, pulling together regional positions on various political and policy issues, and provide leadership of technical programs to include economic development, transport, and trade. The Secretary General of the PIF is influential. The forum leader can push resources to support goals of all member organizations from the largest to the smallest. The Secretary General has always been from the South Pacific. There had been some talk over the past couple of years that this particular issue and position would change. So many thought until last week. Hence, rocking the Pacific Islands Forum to its very core. The UK-based Guardian newspaper reported this past week that nearly one-third of its member countries have left. The report noted that the countries of Micronesia, the Republic of Palau, the Republic of the Marshall Islands, the Federated States of Micronesia, Kiribati, and Nauru have all, quote, abandoned the forum over the selection of the new Secretary General for the forum following the election of Polynesia's candidate in defiance of a long-standing convention that dictated it was Micronesia's turn to provide the forum's leader, unquote. The Guardian article goes on to note that the mass defection represents a significant crisis for the forum at a time when the Pacific faces acute pan-regional challenges, including recovering from the economic devastation of COVID-19 travel bans and lockdowns and the existential threat posed by climate change. With smaller populations and economies, Micronesian nations have expressed in many different venues, meetings, and engagements across the globe that they feel that they have been constantly overlooked for these leadership positions by those of comparatively larger Melanesian and Polynesian countries. By a long-standing convention known as the Gentlemen's Agreement, the leadership of the Pacific Islands Forum cycles through the three major sub-regions across the Pacific, Melanesia, Polynesia, and Micronesia. This election was Micronesia's turn, and the bloc had put its support behind the candidacy of the Marshall Islands Ambassador to the United States, Gerald Zakios. But in a forum leaders meeting last week, Polynesia's candidate, the former Cook Islands Prime Minister Henry Puna, won a irritable vote by nine votes to eight. In response, the Republic of Palau unilaterally pulled out of the forum, and the rest of their Micronesia brethren would follow soon after. To say that they were disappointed with the news of the PIF leadership is an understatement. In a joint communique of the Micronesian Presidents' Summit earlier this week, the five Micronesian presidents jointly agreed to initiate the formal process of withdrawal from the Pacific Islands Forum, respecting their national processes with each nation to do so with respect to its own internal, legal, and procedural requirements of their respective governments. That process is expected to take one year. The news was swift and significant across the Coconut Wireless next six years, looking for sure, bleak, and relations among all Pacific nations all but soured because of the appointment of a single forum leadership seat. There is plenty to unpack of this significant news story of the region, for the region, and what is left in its wake. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. 
They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business-specific needs. Okay. As a journalist from 1996 to 2003 in Micronesia, I thought I had a pretty good handle on regional politics. In 2004, that all changed and was, and I was pretty much thrust into the front row of the political theater of Micronesia. It was uh, early 2004 when I assisted former Guam Governor Felix Camacho in the creation of the first joint communique of the Micronesian Chief Executive Summit. Now I would go on to assist uh, then counsel to then Palau President Tommy Romangasau Jr., Mr. Larry Goddard, a great guy who's now in Hawaii, I believe, to write the next 14 joint communiques for the members to include Yap State of the FSM and the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands. Now, the 15th edition would bring together the uh, presidents of the Federated States of Micronesia and the Republic of the Marshall Islands. Uh, We can't forget uh, the state governors of the FSM states, too. The experience with these great leaders and the dozens of their cabinet members and staff at the time was surely one of the most significant of my government career, and our collective work ushered in some of the most important policies for Micronesia in at least a generation, one of which was the Micronesia Challenge, which members uh, the, uh, the, you know, looked to them to effectively conserve at least 30% of the nearshore mar- marine resources and 20% of the terrestrial resources across Micronesia by 2020. Uh, believe it or not, we did all that. The challenge really has grown into a network supported by now over 50 global partners and has seen enormous progress. And what that experience taught me was that the experience and backgrounds of the leaders of Micronesia is significant. These guys are part of a lot of different organizations and their expertise uh, really shined through to me. I was really connected by the wealth of knowledge and their vision for not just Micronesia, but all of the Pacific region. Their staffs, their dedication to the expansion of issues of mutual concern was significant too. Remember, it's not just these presidents or these ministers. It's, it's also the staff that does all of that back work, the dialogue, the meetings, uh, the creation of that policy that, you know, it, it, it can't fit everywhere, but they can make it fit on a smaller level to be really significant and, and good for their island communities. They're also, one thing I guess I learned too was how humble and decisive they can be in decision making. Uh, you know, being in Guam, we would think that the big city of Micronesia, that we are there, we, we had all of everything, the whole lock, stock, and barrel, the market on, on humility and being decisive. But uh, I was completely wrong. And it was really humbling for me and a privilege to work with these professionals. I learned a lot about the world uh, through their eyes and how they view health, the environment, transportation, communication from a Micronesian level. It has given me so much. But it seems like the news this week, um, it seems very similar. Things that um, I heard about 10 years ago as the challenge was uh, making headlines around the world, uh, being on the cover of big magazines, uh, articles across uh, world publications, bringing attention that the leaders of Micronesia can be global issue, uh, global leaders on issues of mutual concern. And the attention that Micronesia 
has now matured enough to be able to take on the leadership of organizations like the Pacific Islands Forum. I mean, it, it was the work of the former president, Ramengasau, that sold the leaders of the PIF on the challenge. For many, they were wondering, like, what does this mean? But the conservation goals spoke more volumes of what we're seeing with the world around us, especially when it comes to climate change. You know, we've seen many islands uh, vanish in the Marshall Islands because of climate change over the last decade or two. And it was because of the work of the challenge that it showed other world leaders that even the tiny nations of the world can contribute greatly to what is happening around us. You know, this uh, news story uh, kind of uh, got me thinking a lot about uh, what, what is happening today and the defections. Uh, just, it's going to fundamentally alter the makeup of the Pacific Island Forum. Uh, also, changing its relationship, the leaders of Micronesia, their relationship with the broader world. You know, with the Micronesian nations out, there will be no countries in the Pacific Islands Forum north of the equator. When we think about the importance of that, it has everything to do with our relationship collectively with the United States of America. That is kind of the way that obviously either through the U.S. Department of the Interior or the U.S. Department of State was able to engage the leaders of the North Pacific in these areas. And so that meant that all of the matters of the Pacific Island Forum was actually being listened to halfway around the world in Washington, D.C. I wanted to share with you uh, ABC Radio um, in Australia. They reported several days ago that their foreign minister, uh, Maurice Payne, in an interview with them, remarked that Australia's priority uh, in the Pacific at this stage, in these complex times and in such challenging times because of COVID, absolutely needs to protect unity. So Minister Payne said that Australia's partnership with all these Pacific nations will continue regardless of whether Micronesia is out. There was an also another uh, recent interview where she uh, recommitted Australia's support of the Micronesian uh, nations. And so what does this all mean? Uh, regional stability really is at stake. When we think about this uh, let's not forget our friends over in American Samoa as part of this, all the U.S. affiliated islands. The regional stability, obviously, as we're staring um, toward Asia, the kind of the looser ends we, that we think about are North Korea and China and, their, and then what's happening in the Straits and what will happen if it spills over into Micronesia again and into the North Pacific. Also, uh, it's uh, not... I mean, what is a big guess of what the current president of the United States, Joe Biden, and what his administration wants to do with this part of the world? It's, it, it is a kind of, a, it's been really silent in terms of what is uh, President Biden's overall worldview of, of policy. And it was, uh, I mean, there's no secret that during the uh, Obama administration, uh, the, the Pacific policy was significant to him and may, meant a lot. Uh, putting a lot of resources into fostering uh, regional economic stability and the like. Um, under President Trump, um, it was kind of uh, not so much hands-off, but they uh, they were there to offer up what support they could um, through the U.S. Department of Interior's Office of Insular Affairs. 
But when we think about the Biden view of China, that will have a big impact on what happens not just in the North Pacific, but in the South Pacific. As China, uh, there's been some reports that China believes that this is the opening that they were looking for to kind of get into the islands, Micronesia, to, into the Palaus, to the Republic of the Marshall Islands, to the FSMs, to Kiribati, to Nauru, uh, even maybe to Guam and the CNMI. But again, what will happen in Washington, D.C., really is going to play uh, it's going to play out uh, more than we know and so if that what does that mean uh, at least the recent news of Micronesia leaving the Pacific Islands Forum well it, it's a little too early to tell but right now um, at least the wire reports uh, the news reports are very very quiet obviously the big player Australia New Zealand those guys are saying things they are concerned there's been a lot of takes saying, hey, listen, uh, what would this have an impact on the China-Taiwan policy? Where do the Koreas uh, stand in all of this? Th- this is a very important question that will need to be answered in the coming weeks. But as this year progresses, as Micronesia and their movements to move out are changed, only time will tell. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business-specific needs. FSM President David Penuelo was the first interview of the East-West Center's EWC Insights, and you can find that on YouTube. It was uh, actually published on in October of 2020, and President Penuelo was asked point blank by the moderator ambassador Korean Alliance about the role of the forum in 2020. Well, the FSM president remarked that regionalism is important. The Pacific community comes together and comes to consensus on the very important issues that continue to face our respective countries. That's a quote from the president. Um, In this 40-minute interview that I would strongly recommend you check it out, it touched on the fact that the Micronesian President's Summit is a good example where a sub-regional organization works to tackle similar issues of importance. Now, President Penuelo noted that there's a strong solidarity in Micronesia and that the region is solidified in tackling climate change, corruption, illegal fishing, and that their voices are equal to other countries in the Pacific. So having a candidate lead the Pacific Islands Forum really was not a stretch, uh, but more of an evolution in unity. And that's a paraphrase from uh, President Panuelo. He noted that there really has never really been a vote for Secretary General until now. So what does this all mean? Um, you know, you can be rest assured that and confident that Micronesia really does support unity and confidence. They've grown into this role for at least for at least 20 plus years. And this is an important distinction because when they just didn't go along with everything, they they needed to find their own identity as uh, their nations have been growing. Uh, diplomatically, the the ambassador to the uh, to the um, United States, 
that was selected, his um, his credentials were huge. And there was many that thought that for sure um, that he was going to contribute well uh, to what was happening at the at the forum because obviously with a lot of experience. And I think the biggest thing that many could have walked away with is knowing there was confidence in the North Pacific. What does that mean, confidence in the North Pacific? They've, they've grown uh, politically. They've grown politically. They're growing in many ways. So this was a big boost or was going to be a big boost for the North Pacific. Now, uh, director of the Pacific Islands Program at the Lowy Institute, it's a nonpartisan international policy think tank in Sydney, Australia. They noted that the Micronesian or Micronesia's actions this past week were, quote, a disaster for both the forum and Pacific regionalism, unquote. He noted that it's clear regionalism couldn't hold up in the age of Zoom. It would be on life support until the region really can get back to face-to-face mode. That's an interesting perspective because it really is the idea of the Pacific way. It really is premised on consensus and dialogue with leaders valuing that regular in-person meeting and discussions. And I've, I've seen it that a lot of times when we think about discussions between regional leaders, they needed to be face-to-face. They had a hard time sending proxies. They had a hard time with representatives. But when face-to-face with the leaders, uh, there was a different type of um, attitude. Important also, while the Pacific often acts and speaks like a unified bloc on the world stage, particularly on pan-regional issues like climate change or ocean health, internally the region is hugely diverse between subregions and nations. There are significant differences in size, wealth, development, governance structure, ethnicity, culture, and geography. Also, the, there's been some take that the whole issue of the break away from, of Micronesia from the forum has revealed how regionalism looks better from afar than it did up close and revealed even how tenuous the regional ties in the Pacific really are. Uh, you know, there's some thought that maybe there's some forgiveness that could be thinking on, on this block, that maybe we can take a, take a blind eye to some of the things they're doing on climate oceans. Uh, you know, it speaks with a unified voice, but truly there really are tensions that have been built up in the region for such a long time that are decades old. And just, you know, it's just there. And they finally, in just one action, have finally driven the wedge through and the break has happened. Now, there's some take that it could be unrepairable or it could be many, many years it'll be set back. Uh, I want to share with you guys an interesting uh, uh, perspective from a the coordinator of the Pacific Network on Globalism. Her name is Maureen Penjuli. She wrote an op-ed that was published just a couple of days ago um, that the decision by the Micronesian leaders to formally withdraw from the region's premier political body is a move of tectonic scale whose impact which will reverberate across the region. She called the Pacific Way a far more complex and nuanced way of decision-making than a gentleman's agreement or a handshake. It is often misunderstood and dismissed as an inferior system of political decision-making compared to a merit rules-based system seeking expediency and efficiency. She noted that we all base the Pacific Way on face-to-face meetings. Its strength is in our words 
and the actions and the integrity attached to them, it's built on consensus. It allows for the most difficult conversations to take place to understand the different positions with wise counsel and a critical ingredient to ensure unity. You know, that is such a great point. I witnessed it firsthand. It was the former uh, governor of the Northern Mariana Islands, uh, Benigno Fitiel. He spoke that when uh, before, when the trust territories of the Pacific were were alive and well, that it, it, they seemed to be limited, that when they finally broke off and they created not only the Commonwealth of the Northern Mariana Islands, but um, the Republics of Palau, of uh, Federated States of Micronesia was finally formed, the Republic of the Marshall Islands was, was made independent. This action spoke to this want of these people to grow that nobody wanted to continue this governance. I think some of that governance goes back to World War I. They just wanted to, to find their own destinies themselves. And in the Pacific, um, many of the other nations, like Fiji, which has been really um, its own independent nation for much longer than many of the other uh, nations in the region, um, Papua New Guinea, uh, all the other uh, islands in, in Melanesia, They've already experienced this. This was North, the North Pacific's time. And yes, while they might be going, having growing pains, there's no question that they want to seek their own identity and be that player that they've always wanted to be on the world stage. And in this case, this news may have taken it away from them. That's it. That's all. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this podcast. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Have a great week. And we'll talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatato. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatato. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. <laughs>